Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Hellbass Podcast. Today, super special guest, great timing. We have the inaugural winner, rookie winner, Brian New of the Bass Match League Series, St. John's River event. He takes an hour of his time to break down the win, talk about fishing with us, and then we finish up the podcast with Alex Everson, Oklahoma's worst angler. It's a really good episode. Hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, and as always, here to help you guys catch more bass and suck less. This week, the Hell of Bass Bass Fishing Podcast is brought to you by Arsenal Fishing. Arsenal Fishing offers premium custom-made performance apparel and tackle. Arsenal delivers a wide variety of custom-designed baits, accessories, and tools, along with unique utilitarian apparel for all outdoor enthusiasts. As part of their support, you can use code HELLABASS15 to save 15% on all purchases at arsenalfishing.com to support the show. Now let's get back to helping you catch more bass and suck less. All right, what's up guys? HELLABASS here. Brian New will be joining us in just a few minutes. Uh, he texted me. I'm sure he's super busy, got crazy things going all week. So that's just awesome that he is going to be able to join us. So just hang on. He'll be here in just a few minutes. So it uh, looks like Sean lies in the house. What's up, Sean? Uh, good to see you. Uh, Darius checking in, giving us the weather report from Kentucky Lake. Let's see. What else? Notifications going off like crazy here. Yeah, Tom, we're going to definitely learn out. We're all going to learn how to suck less a little bit from Brian New tonight. That's for sure. Um, got a couple people from uh, Kentucky tonight. Uh, let me know in the comments. Does it sound good? And then I'll probably check again once uh, once Brian jumps in to make sure he's sounding good too. Uh, let's see. Who's there? Uh, Backlash Pros in here. Will Junkin, Levi. What's up, everybody? That's actually good because we'll get everybody kind of built up here and then Brian will come in and we'll be all ramped up. So uh, sounds like the sound is good. Uh, everything's going to be ready. So uh, once Brian hops in, we'll be good to go. So if you guys want, uh, queue up a few questions. I definitely got some things I definitely want to cover uh, with Brian tonight. Uh, what's up, Gary? <clears throat> good to see you. Good job on your first fantasy event of the year. But uh, lots to cover. Uh, we're only going to have Brian for about an hour tonight. And then I got somebody else to come and fill the second half of the show. That'll be a little bit of a surprise. So, um, And then once Brian's done, we'll do the drawing uh, for the Arsenal pack uh, at the mid-break of the show. We won't eat up any of that time while we got Brian on. We'll talk fishing. We'll talk about all kinds of the, the nitty-gritty from uh, Florida any kind of fishing questions you guys have, we'll get into the, you know, what he's looking forward to the rest of the season and the Tennessee river and all that kind of stuff. But so if you want to sneak back to the last week's stream, there's still time to enter this. So you got about an hour to get entered into this drawing and then we'll do the drawing at about nine 30 central tonight. So I uh, got some good questions from everybody on Instagram ahead of time. Uh, I'm sure you guys will have some good uh, questions tonight as well. I guess let's get some of the business out of the way right away. Uh, as usual, this stream is brought to you by Arsenal Fishing. Uh, so if you guys are interested in any apparel, 
any uh, gear tackles. Uh, they have really good wacky tools, uh, braid scissors, lots of good accessories and apparel and some good baits. Uh, and you can use Hellabass15 at arsenalfishing.com. You can see that scrolling right now. Uh, if you want to support the show and support the companies that support the show, then that's something uh, you can do. So thanks to Arsenal Fishing for supporting the stream. Um, and as always, you can also go to Omnia Fishing and use my code there as well. We'll probably talk about a few things uh, on the show that Brian used, possibly that you might be able to find there. Uh, where do I talk about the giveaway, Brock? It should be timestamped. Uh, I do the chapters. So if you hover on like the, the scrubber bar uh, or go look down in the description, there should be a timeline and you should be able to find it there. So <clears throat> what's up, Mr. Bass, uh, Don G checking in from central Oklahoma. Uh, they're out of stuff. I guess it depends on what you need. Maybe the code's working too well. They're already selling out of stuff. That is not my fault. That is your guys's fault. Uh, there's some decent curl in this lid. This is a fresh, freshly produced lid uh from last episode uh so that's some of the business stuff next week i'm going to do something kind of interesting and new uh guess to be determined for next week uh i do have a new code for omnia it's scrolling under the screen right now hellebrass spring 15 uh you should be able to see it on the scroll bar josh so that's the business stuff um hopefully everybody's surviving the winter storm it's been crazy i mean like I just was texting with my mom and dad and they live down in Zapata on Falcon Lake and they're without power and they never have cold weather down there. So good thing they have a generator and uh, they're staying safe and warm. They got some friends staying with them. So they're taking care of some other people, which is awesome. Yeah. Sycamore. I'm, I'm ready for global warming to start like tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> quite possibly. I wouldn't doubt it, Jack. Um, yeah. Kratos, Shadow Bassin, that's a, that's a score. There's some good reels. It is a little bit of business in the in the front, party in the back. That's a good point, Sean. It's no lie. Uh, when will we see these vids from Falcon? I need to go down there. So I wouldn't rule that out. If this winter keeps dragging on like this, maybe I'll go. I might be going down uh, to... North Carolina a couple weeks and I hope to do a little bit of fishing. So you might see some early videos from me from North Carolina coming up pretty soon. Uh, Levi, what tournaments am I fishing this year? Good question. While we're waiting for Brian. Oh, I actually see him down there. <laughs> let's, let's bring him in here. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll answer that question quick oh. for Levi and then we'll, we'll get to Brian. Yeah. I'm fishing some uh, TBF team trail, probably the Bass Nation, the TBF, local stuff, the semis and all that kind of stuff, probably plus a few other tournaments. But what's up, Brian? Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Sorry, I actually took me a little nap. I was wore out. Well, what could you possibly be tired from this week? Not I mean, you, is that trophy that heavy done. that you get tired carrying it around? Or? <laughs> I haven't slowed down. I tell you what, you win an Elite Series event and come to me in a week. <laughs> tell me yeah. how tired you are. <laughs> oh, gosh. How are yeah. you, Sam? Good. You got power. Everything's good for you at home. Like no, no, no troubles with the weather for you. No, but I just looked at my phone. And it's about now. So give me just a second. Sure. <laughs> Let's get that man a charger. Oh. Yeah, Michael. I'm glad you got power. That's uh, that's good news. Um, yeah, it's been crazy. So, 
glad we're able to get Brian on. Hey, while we're waiting, everybody, make sure you get the like button, share this out. Let's get as many uh, people on here to help support Brian and his great accomplishment this week and uh, oh. share this out. Thumbs up. I'm so far behind, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shoot. That might work. Maybe. There's a chance. All right. All right. So, so you, you're stopped back home. Uh, trying to get your life back together before heading out on the road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh that's uh that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Awesome. Um we got about an hour, so we want to jam much as possible. Um I think one of the cool things for sure, and obviously I you've been doing a great job of like telling people how you caught them and, and covering the gear and uh <laughs> what's up Hi. <laughs> looks like one of my little ones um yeah. obviously you caught him on a soft plastic stick worm you covered kind of your fitzgerald and abu garcia setups which there's a fair amount of that stuff at omnia fishing for those that want to get uh discounts on fitzgerald rods and things like that you can use my code so if you need to find some of the gear that uh brian was using i guess one of my main questions is is like you basically went down there and did probably two of the most like Florida things you could do, right? Like uh, a golden colored lipless crank on a shell bed and fishing pads with a, a stick worm, right? Like that's pretty Florida, right? Like you didn't reinvent oh, yeah. the wheel. Right. Um, what do you think attributed? Was it an area thing? Like what, what do you think was the big difference that kind of like made the difference this past week? So honestly, I think it, it was just, not getting in a hurry, just mm -hmm. put my head down and going. And, um, you know, that's not really what I'm known for. Like I'm a runner and a gunner, but like there's times you have to kind of sit down and say, this is my home, you know, it's Florida, right. especially, uh, Florida around the phone, especially. A lot of people say that about Florida, right? Like Florida, you get a, you fish fast till you find them, and then you like you slow down and hit the brakes and, and and mine them out, right? Like that's a pretty common thing. Yeah. So like, you know, I've had a lot of good tournaments in Florida, and some of them have been, you know, uh, well, like there was one. Uh, well, I guess like last year at, at um, Kissimmee. Um, I had one one juice hole, and then it was mm -hmm. junk, it was junk fishing. After that, um, there wasn't really a sit there and and fish everything in front of you deal. Like I had a one caster, and then it was junk fishing. Sure, but um, I think that's probably about the only tournament in Florida that I've done really well in that it wasn't just put the trolling motor down and go. You know, fish what's in front of you. Uh, a couple years ago, we had a tournament at Okeechobee, and, and the best thing I had in practice was two bites in one area. Mm -hmm. And I said, I, that's my home, you know? Right. <laughs> Not much, but that's my home. And, and I finally, I finally um, wind up finishing, I actually finished second, but I had a four-minute penalty for being four minutes late, or a four-pound penalty for being four minutes late due to some you know, mechanical issues. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so I wound up finishing six, but you know, whatever, still great. tournament. Sure. Um, but it was all because I said, okay, this is the best thing I've got. 
this is my home. Sure. And I, I, you know, I went around for three days and never trunk the big motor. Do you feel like you had a good practice at the St. John's or was it something like it just kind of once you like dug into what you had is when it really unfolded? Bite wise, it was not great. No, not at all. Like I had a couple offshore deals and, uh, you know, shell bars and, uh, the last day of practice, I had a few bites, not much, I mean, but a few. And, um, you know, it really wasn't, I don't really consider that a bad practice because I had an idea. I had a somewhat home, you know, really an area. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, it was halfway decent practice. Sure. And then that first day when you had the fog delay, did you go, did you start on the shell bed or did you run your padfish first? No. I, I ran to the padfish just okay. because I had the confidence and knew what the potential was. Um, even though, you know, like I, I didn't catch them. I was just shaking them off in practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew what, the you know, it's Florida. I know what the potentials are. It's the St. John's river. Right. I know what the potential is. Um, so I knew I had to go and it was not good. It was not good at all. Um, but, you know, you may say, well, you were catching 14 pounds pretty easy on the shell bars, but go back. So, like, I was still kind of practicing on the pads that first day. Mm-hmm. So, I did, I rolled out one, one, I rolled out what I thought was the best stretch, which was the farthest stretch. So, looking, looking back to that, like, I'm glad I did go down there the first day. Yeah, there's a good chance I could have caught more weight if I would have stayed on the shell bars. Um, but, you know, it would have changed It would have changed what I did the next few days. For sure. So the first day you ran to the pads and then kind of saved yourself on the shell bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I only had a, like less than 20 minutes whenever I got got. Well, I wasn't even, I mean, it, it was, the shell bar wasn't impolite, but it wasn't real far, uh, you know, four, five, six miles, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I stopped on my way back and, um, you know, I had about roughly 20 minutes to get beat back from the point that I was at where the shell bar right. was. Filled your limit and, and lived to fight another day. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I only had 12 pounds that day, but those two fish were probably four and a half pounds of that 12 pounds. And without those four and a half pounds, I don't make the final day cut. Right. Yeah. That's clutch. And then the last day you've kind of talked about this, you skipped the shell beds, went to the pads, talk us through like, what is the mentality and why you did that? Yeah. So the, the shell, the shell bars, like the second and third day was really about make, well, actually, the second day, I, I still didn't realize I was on what I was on. Um, or the second morning, I didn't. After the second morning, I did. But it's still, I knew I could make some money if I started on the shell bars. Sure. And at the end of the day, it's all about making money. And almost guaranteed money is better than maybe guaranteed money. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, absolutely. So it's just, you know, a no brainer. Hey, I can spend a little bit of time, an hour, two hours, uh, on the shell bars, still have plenty of time on the pads 
and you know that's what I did, and it worked out. Um, I think other than the first day, I only weighed in one fish off of a shelf bar, but you know it still was. It kind of it got me once I got to the pads. I wasn't in a rush. Right. I was comfortable. I slowed down. I wasn't worried about, oh, man, I need to hurry up and catch one because I've only got one. You know, I had a limit, and I knew whatever I caught at that point was just a bonus. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, thanks, Michael Minnan. Appreciate it. Uh, appreciate the super chat. And speaking of fantasy fishing, I picked Brian just for the record. So, like, not only did I book him, like, six weeks ago, <laughs> I didn't just like call him up after he won and uh, I put him on my fantasy team. Cause I knew I was looking for big things uh, for you coming out of the gate. So um, I'm glad I didn't disappoint. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um, I guess punch fishing asked a good question. You covered this on some of the other ones, but maybe just a quick rundown again of some of your uh, rod and reel setups for the, uh, what, what you were throwing. Okay, so I really had three setups, and two of them are very similar. But So the shell bar fish, um, now I had 197 rods on the front deck. So, but, so I was prepared for a lot of different things. But my uh, shell bar deal was pretty much 100% a half-ounce Berkeley War Pig, mm-hmm. so, um, bleeding shiner. I had it on 14-pound Sunline FC Sniper fluorocarbon, seven foot three inch medium heavy Fitzgerald Versa casting rod, and a seven to one Abu Garcia Revo STX reel. That reel it throws a very long way, holds a lot of line. It's just a powerhouse. Um, and then the uh, the second and third setup are very very similar. Um, it was a so I had two I had two flipping setups I had a both of them had a black and blue zoom a five inch black and blue zoom slinky soft stick worm five alt Berkeley Fusion nineteen offset worm hook and then here's where the difference comes in I have one with a one eighth ounce tongue tungsten weight peg on eighteen pound Sunline shooter fluorocarbon a uh, seven foot three inch heavy Fitzgerald stunner HD casting rod and then the same reel as the trap the uh, the seven uh, seven to one repo STX and then the other setup same bait same hook but a one quarter ounce tungsten weight peg 22 pound sunline shooter fluorocarbon, seven foot three inch heavy Fitzgerald all purpose rod. And really, the two rods are very, very similar. Um, that's just the way it worked out. I mean, yeah. there's no in particular reason I said I need this one for that and that one for this. It's just the way it worked out. And then an eight to one Abu Garcia Revo ALF. And Honestly, that is my favorite reel that I've ever put in my hand. Uh, it's lightweight, it's it's durable, and it casts a mile. It's got the power, it's got it all. It is right. a, a top-of-the-line reel, and um, 
I mean, that's pretty, that was actually my main setup. Like I threw the quarter ounce, 22 pound sunline more than, more than the eighth ounce. Sure. Did you, did you mess around with other soft plastics or did you just go in with the stick bait? Cause no. you knew that's a good Florida thing. Like, yeah, I mean, it catches them in Florida. It always does. It's more, it's more of, uh, finding them and it's being slow. What that's, sure. that's more important than, than, you know, messing around with different baits or different colors. Like I know that black and blue zooms linky catches them so there was really no reason to do anything different now yeah. i mean you know another reason i had 922 rods on the deck like i had a couple bed fishing rods in case i actually visually seen one on the bed like i was seeing beds throughout the day i just you know and the fish i was catching they were you know definitely 100 percent on the bed i was just mm -hmm blind fish it was a blind target i wasn't saying yes there's one there's one and trying to fish them like for them like that and uh you know just you know you get you have to have a prop bait on the deck in florida around the spawn so i had a green fish tap um so you have to have a swim jig you have to have a speed worm you have to have a weightless zoom super fluke um those are things that you just they you have to have them um now, I didn't use them. Well, I mean, yes, I used pretty much all of that stuff. It just wasn't, it wasn't my deal. And yeah. you have to have a big weight, uh, you know, for when you come to a mat. Um, you know, so I was prepared for, for everything. Right. So you, you, you pick them up, make a few casts, keep the fish honest every now and then, but you were obviously putting them all in the boat with basically two things. So Right, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I did notice, I think I spotted some smelly jelly. Yeah, you did. What, what what flavor? What's your flavor? What's your go-to flavor for smelly uh, jelly? I don't think, honestly, this hundred percent truth answer. I don't think it the flavor or the scent is the deal. I think it's the texture. Okay. Um, I think it just because if you feel something that has smelly jelly on it, it just feels more natural. Sure. Um, it's slimy. It's just kind of got that like coat on it. Um, but I think. It's like maybe bass, bass feast or something. I don't know. Sure. I don't know. It, I don't really, I didn't really care. Yeah. Uh, I think honestly, my, my opinion is it's the texture. Yeah. And it doesn't help. I mean, it doesn't hurt. I was going to say when you're pulling through pad stems and things like that to have a little extra lubricant on those oh, worms. Yeah. And so honestly, that's where, it, that's where it come from. Like me and, uh, well, me and Brian Thrift are the ones that come up with it. Like we, you know, we share everything, but like mm -hmm. at um, Toho, actually, in a tour event that JT Kenny won the exact way that I won last week, um, we come up with that, putting smelly jelly on our bait to come through pads better. And, sure. and it was, you know, I think it was, that's really the reason I did it, you know, mm -hmm. so it would come through better. Yeah. And you never know, right? Like it, maybe it gets you one more bite, or yeah. turns the fish that picks it up on the tail to get it all the way at the body, and then right, yeah, <laughs> gets to the hooker. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, I mean, speaking of Brian Thrift, serious question here: Do you think Mountain Dew is better than Sundrop for pouring Absolutely. in a fish's mouth? Like for in oh. a fish's mouth? Like <laughs> no, no, I don't think it matters. 
but it does taste better. No, I mean, yeah, I, like sun, I like Sun Drop too, but I'm yeah. a I'm a Mountain Dew guy. Uh, yeah. No, the whole deal with, um, you know, a bleeding fish, you know, it's going to happen. And when you're fishing the way I was last week, it's definitely going to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, it's all about just, it's a citrus soda. Um, it doesn't matter what what brand citrus soda it is but the citrus acids uh it'll you know it kind of gets on the on the wound whatever you want to call it and it'll kind of create a blood clot and stop the bleeding yeah but th- that's the whole deal with that yeah i was just making a joke about brian's sun drop i've definitely <laughs> used my diet do in the past to do that oh, yeah um <clears throat> Oh, I was going to say, so one interesting thing that I thought was interesting in your tournament win, especially the last day, I don't think you caught a fish over like six pounds all week. Did you like, you oh. never had a giant, which is oh. not normal for somebody to win. And you got 25, 26 pounds the last day without a six pounder. Right. Like yeah. that is to me a really achievement in Florida. Cause like people don't typically get to 20 pounds without a seven to eight pounder. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Oh, I agree. I agree. And I thought, I said the same thing all week. It's like, man, like all these guys are, are beating me. I They're catching one big one a day. I haven't caught a big one yet. And wait, now don't get me wrong. I was catching big ones, but I'm yeah. in Florida. I'm at the St. John's River. Four and five pounders are not big ones. Um, they're, they're good ones, really good ones, but they're not big ones. Right. And... And actually, I never caught a five-pounder, a legit five-pounder, until the third day of the tournament. Hmm. Uh, and then Not the even fourth, in practice? No. No, okay. I, heck, I only caught like four bass in practice. But um, So, like, the last day, heck, I never had a legit six-pounder. I think I had a uh, five-fourteen, yeah, the last day of the tournament. Sure. That's awesome. But my smallest was a four-eight so they were all like five pounders yeah i was i was so watching it and that and that was pretty cool i wish i would have like took the time to pull up the clips but i was watching live when you got like those two last calls and you could see it in your emotion like you knew you were on something and you i mean it's florida so you never know but you knew you put yourself at least in contention with those fish yeah. right i mean you knew you like you're gonna be there right in the end and it, and, and you could see that excitement that was awesome. Yeah, so it wasn't like I definitely, you know, yeah, I hooped and hollered like I've never done before. And I really hope to experience that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, it wasn't that I thought I won the tournament. It was that I thought I knew I had a legitimate shot. Right. You know, I knew I didn't just like completely blow it. I knew right. that. You know, and plus, dude, it was day four of my very first Bassmaster Elite Series, and I smoked them. Like, mm-hmm. win, lose, or draw, like, dude, that that's a win in itself. And don't get me wrong, I'm not just there to be there. Like, I'm there to make a living. I'm there to compete. I'm there to, you know, uh, you know, build a career. Um, but that was just, like, my whole life. I've dreamed of it. I've busted my butt. I've worked so hard for so long. And it was just like, it was just like, dude, it finally, it's here. It's here. That's what was going on in my mind. Mm-hmm. It's here. It wasn't that I thought I won. I just knew that I was there. Yeah. And uh, 
and then so when I'm running across Lake George headed back, I've got so I've got an iPad mounted at my console on my boat. And you know, it's got it's got it's connected to my phone as well or whatever iCloud. So I get text messages on it as well. And apparently I get another text and it comes across and it lights up and it just catches my attention. Well, you know, we, we're not, you know, we can't just like go through and read our text, but like yeah. it happened and it just ca- caught my attention and I just looked down cause it caught my attention and like the screens text, like the whole screens text. And right. like, I'm not sitting here trying to read them, but like I did see them as like, congratulations, 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 congratulations. I was like, Hmm. <laughs> uh, we are on live. They do have this thing called Bass Track. Um, I did smoke their butt. Uh, no way. This ain't real. You right. know? And as soon as I get across George, the bottom, I mean, well, I'd done seen it on the radar, but the bottom, like, fell out. It was knocking it down, rain mm-hmm. and sun. And so I'm going with a shameless sponsor plug right here so i've done a lot of a lot of running <laughs> in bad weather rain just crazy stuff and i've never done it and and be dry so afco i was wearing an afco suit and i ran 65 miles an hour about uh well so it's 43 miles and it's 12 crawl so 31 miles I run 65 miles an hour in poor. I mean, it couldn't rain any harder than it was raining and I was bone dry. And, uh, I knew that I'd probably won the tournament also. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, so you, you went into the stage feeling like, like you, I mean, you didn't know it, but you like had a pretty good inkling that, you know, you had a, really really good shot um, I, well when i went on stage i knew i honestly i knew i'd won because i done talked to everybody yeah okay i done looked in everybody's bag i knew i you know i can't that's how i am like i'm so excited about what i'm getting put a position like that like i'm gonna know <laughs> you know i want to know um so it was just a special deal dude. yeah that's awesome then you got to let it, I mean, then you knew it, but like you had to keep it bottled up until it was official and then you got to let it all yeah. out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like I, I knew it, but I didn't know it. You know what right. I mean? Like if that makes any sense. Like until it's official, it's not official. Yeah, when it was awesome. official, it was, it, it all come out. So, awesome win that's awesome uh, i mean when did it like did it like set in right away like driving home with the big trophy when you wake up the next morning what is it what is it re- when does it really sink in that you've won i don't know that i don't know that i've had a legitimate shot for it to truly sink in because honestly like um i know you probably hear this all the time but like i have not had a chance i've not had a break of to just sit back i haven't had any me time you know Mm -hmm. it's been like you know hurry up i gotta go do this show do that show do that and i'm not complaining don't get me wrong like Mm -hmm. you know that's part of the job and and i do enjoy it you know i want to um you know that's that's another reason i want to do 
you know, be a professional fisherman. I want to do what I can to help other people, you know, fulfill their dreams to be the same thing. Um, so no, I'm not complaining when I say that. Uh, but like, so I get a break in between shows or interviews. And so I'm trying to clean my boat out. I'm trying to clean my truck out. I'm trying to re repack my boat for the next event, repack my truck for the next event. So yes, the, well, I guess whatever, what's this Wednesday? Mm-hmm. The last, the last three days has just been like, you know, interview work, interview work, interview work. And, uh, you know, that's all I've been doing. So I haven't had a break yet. Yeah. Um, but now, don't get me wrong. I went back and watched the clips a bunch. <laughs> it is just like so cool to see. Get chills like watching it. Like yeah, dude. like I really do. Like man, it's just no, there's nothing like. I mean, you can go back and watch something, and, and it's cool. But it's there's nothing like the first time that, that you, when you actually experienced it, like when it mm-hmm. actually went down, and. uh but dude, it is pretty cool going back and, and watching those five and a half pounders flipping the boat. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, maybe looking forward, like maybe when you start graphing out on Knoxville is when you'll have some me time to really like sink it in. <laughs> probably. Probably. So, so. Um, I'm actually going to go up and probably fish like Douglas with my good friend, the owner of Pulse Fish. Um, okay on uh maybe saturday and sunday as well uh so uh i'm looking forward to getting up there and doing that yeah maybe i maybe tell that's a good story like you've touched on a little bit but like you really didn't have a title sponsor until you were like almost done with your untitled rap right like how did that come down yeah so um two days before i'm leaving to go to florida i'm getting my boat i mean you know the rap's gonna be finished so I'm at the wrap shop. It's going to be finished this day. Um, I got a few things that I'm doing to my boat. So I go ahead and I go up there early while they're finishing it up. When he gets one side done, I said, oh, it looks pretty good. I'm going to take a picture and post it, you know. And uh, and this tells, just tells you the power of social media. Like, So I post that picture. We go to lunch. I get a phone call. Look at how we're eating. I'll call him back. Um, get back to the shop. He calls me again, so this must be pretty important. It's a good friend of mine, by the way. Mm-hmm. I think I just said that, but whatever. Um, and uh, so I answer it. He says, I see you don't have a title sponsor. I said, no, I don't. He said, you need one. I said, yes, I do. He said, I want to be one. I said, yes, you do. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, the, we had a real quick, um, brief conversation. Um, we come to a, a awesome agreement. And... Um, I'm very proud and very fortunate to have Pulse Fish Lures as my title sponsor this year. Nice. And then in this past week, I mean, obviously you're not going to give any details, but have you had any additional business conversations since the win? Anybody reach out to you? I have. Well, I. I mean, obviously not details, but have you gotten a few like warm calls? I I, I have. Well, I've got messages and stuff, but honestly, like right now, I still have over 150 text messages mm-hmm. that are unopened. Um, I don't know how many social media messages I have. Sure. I've been doing my best to get back to everyone. Um, my wife, she's a nurse. She's actually at work right now. 
Um, me and her both, one of us has been on the phone responding to people, uh, trying to get back, trying to line up, you know, scheduling and everything since we left Florida or since we left the the weigh-in stage. And uh, it's been crazy. It's been overwhelming. But like I said, it's a good thing. Um, I am ready for things to just slow down just a little bit, just so I can get caught up. Once I get caught up, I'm ready to go again. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be it'll be good to go fishing next week and, and start practicing. Then you can kind of, yeah. Unless you do it again, then it's never going to slow down. So maybe well, you should just get second next week. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't like second. But well, I'll take it. I'll take yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, actually, and then you'd be just like uh, I don't know if you fought. I mean, I'm sure like Remitz, right? He won his first yeah. ever Elite Series and followed up with a second on the Delta. So that's right. Uh, and funny story, I actually practiced with Remitz on Amistad as a co for that event. Okay. So, yeah. Kind of a funny story. Um, so looking ahead, I mean, let's, I mean, you've obviously spent a lot of time talking about the St. John's River. That was an awesome win. I think a lot of people would like to know a little bit more about like, what is your pre-practice plan? What kind of research? Let's talk about what you've done for the Tennessee River out of Knoxville. Like, are you a watch the old classic do you do research are you more of a like get there and figure it out like what what kind of research and pre-planning and pre-practice do you do for an event like this so typically yeah i'll go back and watch whatever footage i can find uh read whatever articles i can find just you know if it's somewhere i've never been now if it's like okeechobee there where i've been uh, every year for 20 years or whatever it's been um no i really do that but like I've never been allowed in Teleco, so yeah, of course mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at some footage and stuff. Uh, I haven't had that chance yet. <laughs> I haven't looked at the weather. I haven't looked at the water level. I haven't looked at anything. Um, but I am planning on doing that. You know, here we are, a couple whatever four days before the event. Uh, haven't done it yet, but um, I do remember kind of how the classic went down somewhat mm-hmm. a few years ago. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm, you know, planning on. Um, but that's it. Like, I don't know where we're putting in at. I don't know how big the place is. I don't even know how the lakes connect. But, um, you know, I'll get there. Okay. Get so you, there. I mean, from that perspective, in a season, you're only looking one tournament at a time. So yeah, you're not going to start looking at Knoxville until St. John's is done. Right. Yeah. Like, whatever – the next tournament is is my focus that's my focus when i get done there wherever the next tournament is that's my only focus and um you know that's the approach i take and don't get me wrong now like uh the class is gonna be a little bit different like i did go pre-practice there um probably a waste of time since the uh you know the the date got changed um march to june Mm -hmm. um probably going to go back out there again um and you know look around again um for june instead of march which is completely different (laughs) but um and you know they are honestly i can't sit here and tell you what our schedule is for the year um that because it doesn't matter i take it one event at a time now, once everything's not packed on top of each other like these first two events, 
um, you know, yeah, I might have a chance to go uh, maybe do some pre-practicing somewhere. But pre-practice is not my thing. Um, it's just like we get three full days of practice. Like that's most places that's, you know, you don't need more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, like at the end of the day, it's making it's, a, it's about making a living, making money. And if you go do a bunch of pre-practice, like, yeah, there's a chance you got a better chance to do well or win the event. But so if you got basically got $5,000 entry fee and $1,000 expenses, 10 grand check sounds like 10 grand, but it's really four. So you add another week of pre-practice, you're at another grand. So now 10 grand goes to, to three grand or two grand. And it's, I mean, you know, really like that's not profitable. So, right. So unless you can connect it, right. Like when you're at fork, you can stop at Ray Roberts without a big expense, but driving a special trip out there is not a good return on investment. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's the way I look at it. That's the approach. Um, And now don't get me wrong. Like, uh, you know, sometimes it is beneficial, but you just gotta, anything like, I don't, I don't buy stuff just for myself. Like, mm-hmm. every now and again, I might buy me a new gun or something. If I win a big tournament, maybe I did yesterday. But, <laughs> uh, um, I, I've got to justify whatever I'm spending money on. I can't, I, right. I don't just, I don't just do it to do it. Like, I've got to be able to justify it. And if you can justify what, you know, pre-practice, then of course, yes. But, um, you know if you do it for every tournament nine tournaments that's another 10 grand um that's a that's a whole one whole check really i guess take your entry fee out that's two checks two good top 50 checks throughout the year that you're just throwing away yeah it's good it's a, it's a good perspective and i actually can see that like i've fished two like bass nation national championships and one i pre-practice for on Watchtower river and the most recent one on pickwick i didn't and i did better on the one i didn't pre-practice for and and uh it didn't cost me as much so i, I totally i'm on board with that yeah. and i think this now, year oh go ahead <clears throat> now, now i'm not saying i've never done it because right. i have like but i fished two race got championships and i did pre-practice for both of those um but now like kind of what you were saying a minute ago if it's like already on the path that you're on you're not making just a special trip. So, like, we had the uh, the Coastal Championship at Table Rock. So, the following spring, um, I had the Ray Scott Championship at Old Hickory, mm-hmm. which is on I-40. Um, so, I just stopped there on my way to Table Rock. And then, uh, on my way home from Okeechobee the other year, I went by Ufala. Um, because it was right before the off limits and, uh, you know, it wasn't, yeah, it was out of the way, but it wasn't like super far out of the way. Um, so I fit those pre-practice trips in on another trip. Yeah. Cool. And I think this year there's no, like not any or not very many true back-to-backs on the elites. Most times you got a week off, so you don't have to worry about cramming for two events at a time. Cause right. If they're true back to backs and you make it to Sunday, you don't got time to do research <laughs> before yeah. practice starts the next day. Um, 
cool. I know there was several questions early on about, and obviously you didn't, I mean, obviously your electronics are a part of this, but you, it wasn't a heavy part, but I know a lot of people are interested in your setup, uh, specifically your multiple screens, your custom live scope mount, and I think your iPad. So there's a lot of things going on. So maybe run through some of that. Cause then a lot of people have some interest in that. So, I, at my console, I have a Helix 12 that I use. Now, if I'm practicing, I use it for uh, side imaging. That's mm-hmm. it. And now, like when I'm running, I will flip it over to map or something to have another screen. But um, so Helix 12 for side imaging, Helix 10 for Lake Master mapping. That's the only thing that that graph is for. I have a Lawrence 12, uh, whatever they call it, HDS Live, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I use it for 2D, and I use it for mapping as well. Um, and then the iPad is pretty much for Google Earth. Um, okay. You know, I will, like, you know, look at other stuff, you know, on the Internet for about, you know, like water levels or this or that, whatever it may be. But, um mainly google earth there uh at the bow so i've got a garmin 10 uh it's like a uh i don't know them they've got so many numbers i don't know what it is sure. but it's 10 it's inch garmin a 10 inch garmin 100 <laughs> live scope that's it um i've got a solix 12 and i use it for 2d down and hummingbird mapping and I've got a Helix 12, 100% 360. That's it. Hmm. Um, and then, so my live scope bracket, I I, the, I come up with that idea for several reasons. One reason being running 360 and live scope together, unless you mount your trans, live scope transducer on the side of the lower unit of the trailer motor, you can't raise the trolling motor up in shallow water to, you know, shorten the shaft, so to say. Um, so I didn't like that. Um, I didn't want to put a $1,500 transducer on the side of my lower unit that I'm going to break. And I, I didn't like the fact that when I turn the pedal, it turns the transducer. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. That is neat because it's quick and easy. And there's nothing extra there in your way. But if if I'm looking at a target, that target's going to be in front of my boat. And for it to be in front of my boat, I've constantly got to change, turn my trolling motor. Um, because, like, the bow of my boat, or my boat's not going to just sit there like this. If, if you're my target and you're like this, well, I may be like this, but you're still in front of me. Right. I might be like this, but you're still in front of me. And, you know, your troll motor's constantly turning. So if I can put it on a different pole, I can make that pole look wherever I want it to. And it's not affected by where the troll motor's pointing. So that's the whole deal there. Yeah, cool. Good rundown. So I know you're a big tackle freak. Like, you like doing your prep. So how, how far behind or not behind are you ready for Knoxville from tackle prep? I am farther behind than normal, but um, I actually made a lot of progress today. I think I got like 32 rods rigged today. 
Nice. So I'm getting closer. <laughs> so is that like 75%? Is that 50% or what? <laughs> uh, it's probably 90%. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, one of the things one of my, my viewers that watches a lot wanted to ask about, because he's a like a, a high school, college angler kind of coming up. And obviously you have a great track record from co-angling back in the day. So uh, advice for uh, high school anglers slash co-anglers, uh, some, just some, like a couple of good nuggets. Yeah. So the whole deal with co-angler and, you know, some people don't like this answer, but this is the truth. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the truth. So the deal with being successful as a co-angler and, and really, like, obviously you want to be successful if you're doing it. But really, it's not about just being successful. It's about this is the right way to be. Um, and that not only being the right way to be, like, it's the way to be successful also. So, number one is, is knowing your place. And that sounds rude or whatever, but it's the truth, man. Like, if you're the co-angler, you have less, you have at least half the entry fee. You have uh, no boat payment. You have no boat insurance. You have no boat gas. You have, you know, you you don't really, you don't have to have a truck. You don't have to have insurance on that. Uh, pulling a boat gas site. So you have a way less, way less invested. So just understand that the guy that's in the front of the boat is not there for you. Maybe he's not wishing bad on you, but he, he don't sign up to just under, say, man, I hope I can take my co-angler and catch him. So just give the guy his face. That's that's all I'm getting to there. Just don't mm-hmm. push him, respect him. That's going to go a long way. Pay attention to what he's doing and try to fish for different fish. If, uh, say, uh, this time of year, this big thing around here, like if he's shallow cranking, um, maybe don't shallow crank. Maybe... Throw a jig, throw a shaky head, throw a jerk bait, do something a little different. Pay attention. And and if if the shallow cranking bite is good enough, pay attention where he's casting and cast where he don't cast. Um, once once you get the opportunity now, don't don't try to fight him for, for that cast. Um, so really like have an open mind, fish for different fish than the guy in the front of the boat, and be respectful. That's that's the three most important things as a co-angler that will, if you, if you do those things, you will be successful. Maybe not every tournament, but in the long run, you will be successful. Yeah. And I think you, there's probably some, I mean, I think boat draw sometimes matters, but I think a lot of people probably put too much weight on boat draw. Right. I mean, I think you probably, probably have plenty of examples where, I mean, they're typically going somewhere because they did catch fish there. Now, they may not be catching them that day, but you're probably around some fish. And just because he didn't figure out how to make them bite doesn't mean you won't have opportunities out of the back. Maybe just talk about that. Like, is there anything yeah, you would so, add on? Or? <clears throat> so, and that's another thing. Like, if you're not catching them, don't get down and don't quit. Because, like, and if you're, like, say neither one of you have got a bite all day. Like, keep, keep getting keep doing work man because like i don't i'm not gonna say never but pretty much you're never gonna be in a situation 
where you don't have at least one or two opportunities throughout mm-hmm. the day. You may not have five. You may not have three. But you're going to have a couple opportunities at some point during the day. And you just, if you're not hustling, you may miss those opportunities. You may not see those opportunities. Um, so just always be ready. Always have an open mind and, uh, you know, work hard. Um, don't worry about how tough it's been because, you know, that's fishing. Like just, it's about grinding. It's all about grinding. Yeah. Good stuff. Is there any, uh, I don't know. What's, what would you say is like your, what was your one secret weapon? Like if you had to pick one rod, one bait that probably won you more money as a co, what would it have been? Uh, I mean, definitely probably a shaky head. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a rule, like I think it's in the rule book for fishing a co-angler. Uh, you get disqualified if you don't have a shaky head. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Um, uh, like you know um now florida's a little different like Mm -hmm. florida it's a zoom super fluke that's the shaky head of florida um but that's about it um everywhere else you have your shaky head maybe maybe up north it's an exposed jig worm but same kind of thing (laughs) yeah yeah um bass fishing fools ask what pro so let's who did you learn more from, Thrift or Eric? <laughs> I mean, I spent more time with Thrift, so sure. I mean, yeah. No disrespect, Eric, but I mean, we spent me and me and uh, Thrift spent more time in the boat together. Yeah, no, I was just, I know they like there's there's kind of a friendly rivalry between oh, yeah. all you guys, so I just wanted yeah. to, to throw that out there. Um, Awesome. Well, let's. Uh, so we're only going to have Brian for a few more minutes. We we told him we'd keep it tight so we can get his tackle prep tonight. So if you guys got some questions, you know, usually we do a marathon two hour stream, and we are going to keep streaming. I have another guest lined up to come on in the back half. So, um, uh, Sean wants to know: Do you throw the shooter jig at all? Uh, you know that's that's the jig that I you know always threw coming up. Um, mm-hmm. actually until I got on Greenfish and, sure. and, and, uh, Greenfish makes a jig that's very similar. It's the same sparky style head, mm-hmm. um, good hook, hand tied skirts. Um, yeah, you know, so the deal with the shooter jig, it was one of the, one, not the original, but it was one of the original hand tied jigs. And, um, that's, you know, that's really what set it apart. There's, um, you know, Louie, the owner of shooter, uh, a friend of mine, great guy. Um, definitely not downplaying his his deal at all. But uh, you know, Greenfish makes a great jig, and uh, yeah. it's very similar. And that's what I use now. And I think I've heard those shooter jigs are not as easy. Uh, he's not making as many as he used to. I don't no, think. So. No, he yeah. had sh- shoulder surgery, and um, heck, uh, his it's hard for his buddies to get those now (laughs) but i mean you can you know you can get some from time to time um at the right stores but that's really about it man it's not like a firecraft chatterbait but they're not just laying around everywhere um logan wants to know what's your go-to shaky head worm and jig head setup so greenfish makes a i think it's called it's called a cleanup shaky head it's just uh i like the old school just basically standard shaky head with the shank yeah yep yep it doesn't have a screw lock um a spring lock i don't like that 
you get a better hookup with the old school style. Yeah, like, um, yeah. yeah, that's it. There you go. Very, very similar. You get a better hookup. Um, and uh, as far as worm, um, so you can never go wrong with a Zoom trick worm. Like that, Zoom trick worm, there you go. But what? let me tell you a secret. The Z3 Zoom trick worm, hand poured, it okay. floats. It floats. And you've got those laminate colors. That's where it's at. Nice. Z3 zoom trick Power worm. tip. And what's your what's your starting weight typically? Eight three sixteen. Eight eight one eighth ounce ninety nine point nine percent of the time. Okay, cool. Uh, favorite top water. We'll go rapid fire a little bit here. <laughs> buzz toad. Buzz toad. Zoom buzz toad. Uh, Ryan wants to know how you're feeling about Knoxville. I don't know yet. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. I'm a little a little worried. Just because I don't feel like I'm prepared the way that I I truly want to be, um, but uh, you know it's it's a bass tournament. You know yeah. I've only got to beat 49 guys, um, you know, to make some good money. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's 49 of the best guys in the world. But for sure, <laughs> um, you know, it, you know we'll get up there and hopefully have us a, a halfway decent practice and and uh, hopefully have us a good tournament. Yeah. And I think you talked about this on maybe BTL, but like when you're, I mean, you've been fishing well for a good year now, like, (laughs) um, and you were talking about like, you're confident your decisions are going to be right. And when they're not, you're pretty confident the next one's going to be right. And if it still doesn't work, you're still feeling confident. So, uh, but all uh, it takes is one bad day for that to go away. So you got (laughs) to make sure you got to try to not have that bad. day. (laughs) You, You can't coast, but you, you, when you're on a streak, you go into the next event with a little bit of swagger. So, yeah. um, uh, are you, uh, is there ever a time you don't have 20, 30 rods on the deck of your boat on tournament day? Um, maybe if I was fishing a crappy tournament or catfish tournament, okay. that's about it. <laughs> I mean, that, that seems like something you took from, from thrifty. Cause you, uh, your decks look very similar as far as like how, positioned and all that stuff so so uh i mean yeah like i definitely you know took stuff from him and and this and that but like i was kind of like that before we even met i mean i remember i remember guys taking me fishing when i was a kid and it's like dang we're gonna have to have a separate boat just take your stuff (laughs) nice Uh, cool uh if you could only have live scope or 360, which one would you pick? 360. Hmm, interesting. Um, let's see here. Where can uh, brand of line? We talked about he uses Sunline. Uh, so just overall, are you more of a power fishing, more of a finesse? What, what, what would you? How would you classify your favorite style to catch them? You know, people talk about oh, I ro- I want to catch them like this and. Uh, I like to catch them. I don't care yeah. what I'm doing, but like I would say, it's it's got to be some sort of power fishing or sure. top water. It's got to be top water. Got to be yeah. top water. Who doesn't love a good top water yeah, bite, right? If you don't, top. there's something wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's a good question: One bait for Lake Norman right now? Uh, square bill crankbait. Probably a. Probably a Berkeley Bad Shad. Hmm. 
Is that like a shad wrap type, or what yeah, is a bad shad? Yeah, somewhat, somewhat like a shad wrap style, but okay. but it's plastic. It's got a rattle in it. I think a rattle is very important this time of year. Um, sure, really good bait. Good stuff. Cool. Um, hmm. what else do we not catch on? Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, you said you're not looking. I mean, I was to schedule. People wanted to ask that. I'm sure you're looking forward to the classic the most. Um, <laughs> But uh, so what, what does the wind change life at home for you? Obviously, you weren't painting lines on concrete this week. Uh, does this lessen the amount of time you got to work between tournaments or what does that look like? I mean, you know, I just like really like I'm not required any amount of time. I have to sure. work. I mean, I work for one of my best friends. It's mm-hmm. a mutual agreement. It was when I went to work for him that, you know, I'm trying to make it. Um, so I got a fish when I do make it. I've got a fish, but I still got the job there anytime I want to go. If if I get called up, I'm going to work Friday. Um, I don't know that I'm going to get called up, but (laughs) if I do, I'm going to work. Uh, But no, I mean, I still put my pants on the same way in the morning. And, uh, you know, I just got a little better, a little bigger bank account currently. And um, had to send old lady to work tonight. Yeah. Somebody's got to pay the bills, man. And and a new gun. Don't forget about the new gun. Yes, I did. I did. Uh, when you're flipping, are you more of a jig guy or like a creature bait kind of guy? Uh, it just depends. Um, I like a jig a lot. Uh, if I'm fishing, if I'm fishing like bushes, definitely like some sort of plastic, like a uh, either a Z crawl. I really, really like a brush hog. Brush sure. hogs are overlooked bait, man, but this is a fish catcher. Baby brush hog and the new mid-sized brush hog that come out last year, that's a go-getter. Uh, pre-spawn, like say a cold water lake, pre-spawn a jig. Um, summertime, if it's not bushes, a jig. Fall, probably always a jig. I, I mean, you kind of got to have both, but I lean towards a jig more. Yeah, very cool. Man, we're creeping on 100 live viewers, so um, I appreciate you taking the time, Ryan. Uh, wish you – like, we're not we're going to keep true to that hour so you can get some stuff done. I don't want you to go to work on Friday, but I want you to be ready for Knoxville. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, man, I, uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been yeah, fun. awesome. And uh, maybe when it slows down off-season, we'll have you back and we'll have, like, a season recap and – we're not rushed and you're not, you know, between events and victories and all that kind of stuff. We'll have a recap. So, Oh yeah. I like the sound of that. So, uh, yeah, I think if you guys are, are new, Brian new fishing, I think at Instagram or yeah. Instagram and Facebook, if you want to follow along, um, anything else you want to shout out before we, we head out and you get your tackle done, <clears throat> uh, you know, really just like, uh, if anybody's watching that has sent me a message or a text and I haven't responded, I promise you I will. I'm, that is one thing that I always make sure I do is personally respond to every single person in, that has congratulated me. I'm sorry if I haven't got back to you yet, but I will. It may be another week, but I will. Um, you know, I'm ready to go fishing, man. <laughs> yeah. You and me both, but you're closer than I am for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, we're going to keep the show going. We're going to let you go. You can get to your tackle prep. 
um, and appreciate it. Good luck, man. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, and let's do it again soon. Absolutely. Have a All good right, one. Have a good one. All right, guys. So we have our next guest in the queue already. Um, before I bring him on, I just want to remind you guys, if you came in late, obviously the people were growing as we came in. Uh, you can go back and watch the pod or listen to the podcast or sorry, you can watch the replay. That'll be up uh, right away with chapters and timestamps. So if there's something you missed and you want to hear about, we covered a bunch of stuff about the baits, the gears, the rods, the sonar, tons of your questions that came in later were covered early. Uh, and then there will be a podcast version. So if you listen to podcasts, search Hellabass, look for that podcast and subscribe. All that information will be there. Thanks everybody. All the great questions. We are going to keep talking fishing though. So don't go anywhere. Um, <laughs> we got, uh, what's this guy? What's up? Oh, hey, what's up, dude? Hey, this is uh, Alex Epperson. This is a rookie hour. You had yeah. the champ here, and now you got the brand new rookie. Nice. Um, so, Alex is Oklahoma self proclaimed Oklahoma's worst fisherman. Oklahoma's worst angler. That's me, bud. Oklahoma's worst angler. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he came to fight and said, like, we're only going to have an hour with Brian New. We usually go a little bit longer. I'm sure there'll be questions. So if there's any guys you guys want to recap, questions that maybe came in that weren't super specific. I know I saw some question about a rod length and what lure to use. We can circle back and do any of that stuff. Um, so we can just kind of open up more general and finish out the show. We're really trying to, like, keep Brian uh, nice and neat so that he could uh, get back to his uh, getting ready for Knoxville. So uh, appreciate his time coming on. Um, and we are going about to do the Arsenal giveaway. So this is last call. If you didn't enter last week's stream, we're about to do that here really quick. Um, but maybe like just introduce yourself a little bit. Uh, what do we need to know about you? Oh man, I uh, well, grew up fishing, kind of fell away from it. Went to the army, got out of the army, um, started fishing again once I got to Oklahoma. It was, it kind of, my whole story behind this is it got me out of alcoholism. A lot of people don't know that, but I was just drinking to drink. And when I got back outside fishing one weekend, it just kind of reminded me how much I love being outside. And uh, all it was is because I was going to have to wake up about 3 a.m. on a Saturday morning. So I was like, all right, I'm not going to go out Friday night. And that was it. I have... Not been drunk since. Nice. So here That's I am. Awesome. Start up the YouTube channel. Started fishing again. Started learning. I mean, from the ground up. So. That's awesome. That's where I got the name. I was out fishing one day with my buddy, uh, John, you know, Oki Outdoors. And uh, I was missing fish left and right. Out of this little pond that we have over in the neighborhood. And I was like, dude, I've got to be the worst fisherman in Oklahoma. And I was like, that's it. That's going to be my name. I am Oklahoma's worst angler. Chad wants Tulsa. to know. He's he's a fellow Oki. What, what part of Oka? Chad, I am from Tulsa, live in the Bigsby area. So fishing a lot of Dripping Springs, Alkmogee, Spavanaugh. Fished a little bit of Gibson. Fished a little bit of Grand. Fished a little bit of Eufaula. Um, definitely a lot of uh, smaller lakes that we don't really – name around here too because there's some hidden gems and we keep them quiet so yeah 
Sean, you just have to leave a comment on the last stream. So, um, Chad says he's from Green County. Um, Connor, will I be going to Wisconsin after the ice comes off? Uh, probably, since you guys have the uh, or since there's the open catch and release season there, I wouldn't be surprised. Either that or South Dakota. I've got another buddy that's talking about making a trip to uh, South Dakota to chase some big old smallmouth. We do not condone that kind of behavior for young anglers, Mister Epperson. No, um, no. But uh, so let's uh, let's just take care of this business end of things, and let's. Uh, Get this giveaway. So we got a giveaway. We got a giveaway. I actually need to read. I mean, who doesn't like a good giveaway? So uh, appreciate Arsenal supporting the show. And we just want to highlight. So we're giving away a prize pack. So if you were here last week and watched the Connor O'Connor finding bass through forage stream then you would know uh you'd be in this um yes eric maybe south dakota hopefully um so this comment uh, this is the video we're gonna fetch this comment picker uh we'll include replies we won't allow duplicates and we are gonna pick a winner for this arsenal prize pack for those who don't remember there is a sun shirt a t-shirt a hat couple random bladed jigs some stickers and a cool arsenal lighter in here <laughs> plus this drawstring bag which is handy i actually use mine for hauling around some of my gopros and things like that so uh we're gonna hit the button and looks like we have 27 comments so if you're entered you basically got a one in three chance or better than that and punk rock bassin is our winner uh punk Michael rock bassin sweet name uh, and we actually asked questions like, if you wanted to go back and look at the Arsenal assault bugs, what color do they need to add? And he thought a green pumpkin blue flake, which I was totally on board with because that's a sweet color. So uh, congrats to Punk Rock Bassin. I'll write that down so I don't run. And he actually lives only a few minutes away, so I probably don't even have to ship this. So I can just give it to him. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. The way you do this giveaway, you got to teach me these things, man. I'm I'm doing it the hardest way possible. <laughs> little giveaways on the channel. I go back and like I number everybody, and I do just a random number generator on my phone. This is yeah. So you can just go to uh, you can search YouTube comment picker in the Google machine, um, and this is this one's called pickawinner.co, and then you paste the video link of your video in there and hit three buttons. And it'll take a comment uh, randomly. Dude. Awesome. And then you can do it all on stream so nobody's like, oh, shenanigans. Like, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Did you say shenanigans? Yeah, I did say shenanigans. You got a problem with that? <laughs> um, uh, Backlash Pro. Probably not Oahe. Probably something more along the border. Uh, I have been to Oahe. It's a pretty cool place. But, uh, oh, wait. You're saying he's from Oahe. Never mind. All right. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so cool. All right, so I did not have an agenda. I didn't really think this through, what we would talk about. Uh, Dude, that's the way I like it. <laughs> like, so it's a free-for-all. Ask as many questions as you want, either for me or Alex, about fishing, about YouTube, about terrible freezing weather, um, and we'll just hang out for a little bit until we're tired, and uh, we'll sign off tonight. Talk about, like, weather right now. 
this cold snap that we've got is it's ridiculous, man. We like because I work at Amazon. I work third shift at Amazon because um, I stay at home with my kids during the day, mm-hmm. save on daycare that way. But Amazon was closed on Monday and Tuesday. Like it got it got that icy around here. No one was delivering. Trash is piled up on the side of the roads. Mail hasn't come through. I got a tackle warehouse order that was supposed to be here last week. That still isn't here. Yeah. Thanks, UPS. Um, if anybody works for UPS, don't take it personally. Uh, but we've had a lot of snow. I mean, lakes are frozen over right now, but I'm hoping by the weekend we're supposed to be having some sunlight tomorrow leading up to the weekend, so I'm hoping that uh, a lot of this stuff kind of melts off because it's been a long week and a half with no fishing for me. We, we're gonna have to get you on the Omnia fishing train to order because, like, I think it's a little easier to get your baits from Minnesota down to Oklahoma, probably less than yeah. Heck yeah! Um, I have no idea what this is all about. What is the name of the restaurant with the mozzarella sticks and all the goofy shit on the wall? I don't know what. <laughs> do you know what so he's talking the, about? <laughs> shenanigans? Are you talking about shenanigans? I have no idea. It's a Super Troopers reference. That's why. That's why I said that to you. Okay. Dude, FedEx actually delivered stuff before UPS did. So there you go. Kudos, Backlash Pro. Yeah. Um, Should be having some rods come in tomorrow. So Shadow wants to know a little bit about some of them big, big old headed swim baits behind you, and your preference. Um, preferred thing to throw, jointed, hard jointed swim baits. Personally, let's Um, pick one up and show it. I mean, I mean, people want to see the baits. You know what? Just because it's got a special place in my heart, still have the braid tied on it, but this uh, Spro BBZ 50 right here, still need to put a replacement tail on there, but that thing caught me a monster out of a strip pond. Seven, three quarter, maybe eight pounds, pushing eight pounds um, in about three foot of water. Typical YouTuber doesn't have a scale and he just inflates, just makes up a weight. Dude, I went out there and I got on video views. I did have that. But she measured 23 inches. I had to measure against my rod. And uh, I went out there. My GoPro failed, but I had my big camera with me. And she hit the, like, I caught one before that. And that was my first fish on the rat. And then, like, the light was going down. And I talked to the camera. I was like, it's getting too dark for my GoPro. I'm going to go ahead and just finish up this last cast. And as I'm reeling it in, she bombs it. And by that point, you know, you know, like when you get excited, you kind of speed everything back up. Mm-hmm. Well, I ripped it away from her. I was like, okay, I'll make that same cast. Made the same cast, crept back along, and she blew it up again. And I just leaned into it. And I mean, that one, that was it for me. Um, as far as other big ones go, Evergreen Timber Flash, I like any kind of top water. You know, like, like Brian was saying, I mean, who doesn't like top water? I like m- the majority of my swim baits to be floating. So sure. if they do break off, <laughs> I can get them back. Right. So, yeah, hard body swim baits, that's my, that's my jam. What's up, Bailey? You missed the missed the you missed the headliner. You're here for the uh, the after hours show. Um, glad to provide this content, Sycamore, to help you through the winter. It's not helping me through the winter. 
I know you're complaining about your weather in Oklahoma, but we call that Tuesday in Minnesota. Like this is yeah. every day for us. <laughs> I, know. I know we're spoiled down here, dude. We are so spoiled. It's it's bad, you know. I, so, I know. I feel bad complaining about you know being a week and a half without fishing. I know there's a lot of people that go months without it, and I yeah. just I couldn't do it. It is it's my sanity. It's my escape. It's you know it, it's. Like I said, what pulled me away from my demons. So, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Bailey says, "What's up, uh, uh, Bailey?" So, do you follow the Bass Elite? Are you a Bass Live guy? Do you follow along the tournaments? Are you more like what? Are you like a fan of big tournaments? Are you more casual? What? What, what do you? What's your thoughts? I'm you more like- casual, but I am following tournaments a lot more because I was able to, you know, fill in as a third person a couple times last year, and. I'll be doing the same thing this year. I'm working on a little boat right now. I'm hopefully a couple months away from getting a little boat on the water. And I want to I want to do tournaments. So yeah. I mean when I go out and go fishing, you know, I I try and experiment with so many different things so I can get myself more well rounded. Mm-hmm. You know, like twenty nineteen, I wouldn't put down a Texas rig. That was about it. All last year I learned a lot more, and I want to continue that this year. But big baits is another big goal of mine. Seems to be a trend right now. A lot of guys seem to be wanting to get in the swim baits. Um, I've had that goal for a long time, and it's really tough to swim bait fish when you're on someone else's boat because you have to fish at their speed, mm-hmm. you know, which has also made me a better fisherman that way. Sure. So. Yeah, and, and- – Trying to be a better big bait angler and be a tournament angler don't necessarily work together either. No. Those no. don't go hand in hand. Not at all. Not at all. Although you know, fishing for me has got to be. Not a big bait, but this is a good tournament swim bait. Yeah. Good little dream smasher gill. You know what really surprised me? And I don't know where it's up here. Hang on really quick. I'm going to grab it right quick. Hopefully he's wearing pants when he stands up. Is this uh, Geekrat Gilling 125? Nice. That thing. I got a uh, I got an episode of Trash Pass coming out on this guy. Uh, I think you'll like. But you can't find them right now. They're they're out of stock just about everywhere. But I picked one of these up and I threw it in my little tank and I was like, it kind of sucks, you know. And didn't really want to fish it. And one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to take it out. And I'm going to throw it. I'm going to throw it for two hours and figure it out. And I did, and that thing, I mean, it kicks. The swim on it is great. You pause it, it kicks out to the side. You can burn it. It does not blow out. It's a great little swim bait. So, I mean, I've got all those big ones behind me, and I've got a lot of those big ones over the wintertime, you know, and most of them are floaters, so they're not going to, you know, be great in the winter time. Except, I mean, I got on top water bite in November at one of yeah. those little little gems that we talked about. So I see some geek crack soft plastics up there too. You got any custom swim baits? Ryan wants to know to show off. You got anything? I mean, would you call would you call a buka a custom? custom sure. Paint? Yeah. You know? I mean, that's so, a hard to get, especially gotta, if you bought at a show. This might be a custom color. Yeah, um, it is. I got to take the one off behind it because I haven't shown anybody that one yet. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. My buddy Steve, 
he's mad at me because I won't tell him what it is. But I finally picked up a Buka Softail at the show that we had. And I picked up the car. So is that the Talsa show? Yep. Okay. Pick up that car soft tail. So I've been after one of these for quite a while. And it was the only carp that he had. And I like, I love bass pattern, but I like stuff that's a little bit different. I always want to show him something different. Yeah, I know the guys. That much. I know the guys, I know a lot of guys that throw swim baits think juvenile carp's a big thing. Yeah. You know, in some of those little lakes that I was talking about, there's so many, so many carp in there. And I'm just like, why don't we throw any more carp? Like, why don't we do stuff like that? Like, I picked up a, uh, an ABT wagtail that once we thaw out, I'll be throwing that guy around. You know? But mm-hmm. those guys went on sale, and I was like, the carp. I mean, there's, there's a, a lake in particular that I know has got multiple eight-plus-pound fish in it. So does that come pre-rigged with the head hook? Mm-hmm. That's the only hook it comes with? Yep. Interesting. And then it's got one more back there, another tie down here as well. So, yeah, I just, I like, I like stuff that's a little more, I don't know, not mainstream, I guess you could say. You know, not shad everything. Um, I want the bass eaters. So baby bass is my number one, number one pick. Nice. Yeah, most of my good swim baits are out in the garage, and they're too far away, and it's too cold. So, uh, Sean says a lot of Japanese anglers prefer floating baits because they're more versatile, and you can just add weight to suspend or sink. Mm-hmm. Like that, uh, that Ballon right there. That Ballon three hundred. So that, over. Uh, Nice. Yeah. Getting fancy, bro. I pulled that out last night. You saw that. <laughs> Let me just whip this out. <laughs> yeah. oh. So overall thoughts on the Tulsa Tackle Show. Was it well attended? Was it busy? Were people selling out of stuff? What was the what was the climate like at the Tulsa show? It was pretty uh I mean with, even with the weather it was all right. Do I think Mike will be back? Possibly. I know he did well. You know, F5 was there too, F5 Customs. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they did well, but it was nothing like uh, – it wasn't like any of the ones the other that you see, you know, in bigger places. And I think the weather had a big sure, big part to do with that. I think Mike was stuck here for like four or five days. So it was all right. He did well. It was cool getting to meet them, talk with them for a while. But I think it could have been busier. Sure. I mean, have you have you gone to the Tulsa show in the past? <clears throat> yeah, we went to one last year, and it was it was crap. So I even mean, last year wasn't great. Yeah, it was. I mean, there was it was busy, but it wasn't my style. You know, you had a lot of, and this is just me, me personally, my opinion. You know, there was a lot of knockoffs. There was a lot of bargain bin buys. Um, There's a lot of stuff like that on there that just didn't uh, didn't reach out to me at all. Sure. So. So even pre-COVID, 
better weather, it wasn't an amazing show. No. Okay. No. That surprises me. I, I would just expect Tulsa to have a banger of a show. I think Oklahoma City probably would even more so, you know, being around the Norman area. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think Oklahoma City would probably be better. Hmm. Which sucks to say. Do you want to show off your your, uh, your your pretty clear ones you picked up? Yeah, yeah, dude. Gin clear. So you got some green pumpkins and some clear of the Dream Smashers. Finally got these guys. So you just said you got those last week on last Wednesday's drop? Yeah. Got them in the mail yesterday. Nice. They're sick. So you haven't fished a Dream Smasher yet? No. No, I have not. I got a lot of baits I haven't fished yet. (laughs) I'm telling you, it's just been... It's a cop-out in a sense, you know, being on someone else's boat. But did you know this is a Dream Smasher as well? I did. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I did know that. Cool. So you're just so not much different. Uh, <laughs> um, you're, you're just like us up in Minnesota. You're hoarding baits in the winter to, to get yeah. ready for spring. Yeah. Yeah. I've been hoarding baits mainly just because I know that I got that boat right around the corner. And again, like it's a cop out. It's an excuse for not throwing swim baits on someone else's boat or anything like that. But again, for me, it was about improving and about being a better fisherman and learning different techniques and, you know, learning how to fish off the back of the boat. You know, if I am going to be filling in on more tournaments, I need to know what I need to be doing from the back of the boat. So... Yeah, Ryan, I have the bigger Dream Smasher Gill, but I haven't thrown it, nor do I have it handy right now. Um, so you this boat, is it like a tiny boat build you're working on, or what, what's the setup? Yeah, it's a like 15-foot Hydrosports, little glass boat. Okay. A uh, little 60-horse Evinrude on there, and we put a 74-pound Minn Kota uh, Maxim on the front. No electronics. That's so you don't have, like, a live scope and a 360 and an iPad at the dash? <laughs> no. and like, Are you even no. going to be able to catch fish without that? I mean, is that even possible to catch one without you, that stuff? You know what? I'm glad you brought that up because, <laughs> one, like, one of my best friends, he, uh, he's got live scope. And that was my first time, you know, experiencing live scope. And I can fish with live scope 100%. But I don't. I don't use it as much even like, cause he's got a big boat. Now he's got a Lund 2075 mm-hmm. which is weird for down here. I know, but I mean, popular up here. Some of the lakes that we go to when that wind kicks from the South, I mean, it's, it's dangerous. Some of those mm-hmm. lakes turn dangerous real quick. And, uh, what I've liked about live scope is I've been able to learn rate of fall on a lot of my baits i've been able to see how you know my retrieve speed is working on a bait i've been able to see when a bait's lifting on you you think you're getting down but it's actually like three feet down you think it's eight feet down and dude it's such a good tool it is such a good tool but it can suck you in and before you know it you're sitting there and you can always tell the guys that have it because they're fishing out there Just that, looking down. 
not looking up, not reading the water or anything like that. And I found myself doing that. And I was like, no, I gotta, I gotta stop. And I go to the back of the boat and I just fish, I blind fish, blind cast. So electronics are not on the top of my list. You know, knowing water temp would be huge. Knowing depth would be huge, but I don't feel like I need it. I sure. just want to go out and fish. Yeah. Coy, welcome. Yeah, we went hard with, with Mr. New for about an hour, and then we got let him get back to the grind of getting ready for Knoxville. So you'll have to catch the replay for all the, the juice from uh, Mr. New. It was a, it was a good hour. We, we crammed it in in an hour. Um, Connor wants to know, what, what's your uh, what's your rod of choice for swim baits, or what one or two? or Connor, I, uh, I've been rolling budget-friendly for a long time. I've got an iRod Genesis 2. Uh, large swim, the seven, I think seven nine. I'm looking at it over there. Um, so you're staring got, at your rod. That's yeah, awkward. I rod. Yeah. That's staring at your rod. Just, no. yeah. <laughs> Just stare. It's way over there. You know how it is being married. Um, I've got a thirteen omen. I've got um, an old cast king that I was using for a while, but. After the show, I was able to pick up an F5, so I got an F5 Ghost Code, and I'm pretty, I'm stoked about that. That's gonna be my my main swim bait rod. But yeah, I've been rolling on balling on the budget, and while those rods are great, I can definitely tell the difference from throwing like my buddy's got a Moam, and telling the difference in the feel and the sensitivity from you know those higher end swim bait rods to the budget friendly ones you feel a whole lot more on those mm-hmm. higher-end ones. But that's nothing against the budget-friendly ones. They get it done, too. I've caught fish on all the same. Yeah, not – not. I mean, there's plenty of swim bait bites that aren't very subtle. Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to miss the bites, but more yeah. like can you tell what your bait's doing, uh, things like that is a little more. But, like, most bass crush a swim bait, so it's not like you're going to miss the you bite. You really tell when it comes to an A-rig, though. Sure. And some of those A-rig bites are just – it feels like you're grazing something, mm-hmm. grazing brush or anything like that. And I, my first fish of 2021, I missed because I was fishing in the back of the boat when he was using the scope, and I felt like I was dragging over a limb because we were in a really timber flooded area. And he looks back and he's like, "Did you just get hit?" I said, "No, I was just dragging over a limb." He goes, "No, you got blown up." He's like, "Eight plus pounder blew you up," and I was like. Fishing. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Do you like the bigger size reels? What kind of reels do you like to use on these? Oh. What's a budget friendly big reel? I think the Komodo SS has been one of my favorites from Okuma. Um, that's been one of my favorites. I've got a Concept A3 that I like for a little bit slower creeping, kind of like the Komodo as well. I've got a Daiwa Alexa. Not the HD, just the Alexa Win, and uh, got a Corrado 300. As far as the Corrado 300 goes, I like it. I like it a lot. It's smooth. It fishes like a Shimano. I mean, I wouldn't say I can't tell a big difference from that to a Tranks. So I don't know. I haven't had a lot of time on the Corrado 300. You know, it's it's pretty freaking new, but preference over them i really don't have one but talking budget the komodo is good 
It's really good. It's heavy, but yeah, my my main swim bait reel is a, a 300e Credo that I still have. Oh yeah, <laughs> it lasts forever. My father-in-law's got I think 12, 12 the old uh, Corrado 200s. Nice. Yeah. So what, uh, what's, I mean, so you've been doing a lot of bait reviews and uh, you kind of, your trasher, but tell us about your trasher pass. What's the, what's the, what's the concept behind your trasher pass video series? Trasher pass is literally, I find a bait that I like and I want to take it out and I want to fish it and I take it to the exact same lake every time because I got to keep consistency, you know, like I, I've taken some baits that I don't want to fish, but guys have wanted me to and because I may not like the maker of them or whatever, I could have taken them out to a pond and said, this thing's junk, doesn't work. But I try and keep it real every time. I try and keep it honest. Um, but I go out, I fish it, I get a feel for it. I see what the action's like. I give my opinion whether I think that it's a bait that you should go get. If it kills it, if it doesn't, um, the durability of it, I mean, it's kind of tough, you know, taking out one time, but you're going to get a good feel for that bait. Although and if it does break kind of, on the first time, you know it's junk. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've had a couple of those. Nice. Um, I just kind of grade it and tell people, like, this is how it casts for me. This is the action that I saw. This is what I thought of it. Here's a fish that I caught on it or didn't catch on it. And if I think that it's trash or if you should get it. <laughs> That's about it. Punch fishing suggests maybe a trash or past Tinder edition. What are your thoughts? <laughs> no, I, I don't think I could pass that off with the wife. I don't think she would be. What, do you think we should have an app, a shopping app like Tinder for baits, where it's like swipe left, swipe right, oh. and just like your cart fills <laughs> yeah. up? Yeah, yeah. You know which? Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That, that maybe that's our big maybe maybe that's the money making idea is a, a bait app. Swipe left and right. And I'm putting it down in my notes right now next to Bait Monkey. RateMyBait.com. That that probably is inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Nice, Tom. I just got rid of my last Castaic Superfree not that long. I loved 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 those reels for a long time. Caught a ton of fish. The the one thing I th- the, the why I started to get away from them is that I think they maxed out at six three to one back then. We all cast a super freeze, which just like that seven to one is a big deal. I think uh, for a lot of stuff. I agree with you on that. That's that's like my my go to gear ratio seven or eights. You know, I had a guy messaging me earlier on uh, Instagram, and he was like, you can use the, the high gear for your swim baits? I said, yeah, I do. I mean, and that's mainly because, I mean, I'm not throwing a lot of bottom-creeping swim baits right now. And if I do, I can slow myself down. I can do that. But I don't know. I'm, just, I'm more comfortable with a higher speed reel. Always have been, except for maybe cranking. I'm trying to get better at a a slower reel slower gear ratio for cranking yeah and i think if you get into the really big baits then you might need to gear down a little bit but you're still throwing stuff that's reasonably manageable um 
but yeah, if you start to get into the, like, the real deep stuff and you listen to the people that are big, big beta experts, they tend to get down to that six three, six five a little bit. But yeah, uh, and that's the thing. Even on those bigger reels, you know, like I mean, I I fell into this. I thought that you know, okay, it's a bigger reel. I didn't think about the actual spool size. I was like, five gear, that's way too slow. But that five gear, depending on the reel, is getting almost the same inches per revolution sure. as you know a regular six or seven gear. Yeah. You really should look at the inches per turn. That's the true definition. Mm-hmm. Whoa. My screen's just freaked out. Maybe it was just on my end. I don't know. Walt says there was an app called Fat Sack for tackle management. I have not heard of that. Huh. But it's a great name. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh, so you're thinking you're going to be back out on the water here another week or so? Yeah. What, what if kind I of have way, I'll be out there this weekend. Sure. What kind of bite are you expecting? What's what is the bite in in Oklahoma right now coming out of this? Like, what are your main deals going on in Oklahoma? Last time I fished was the seventh, which was my birthday, and. A buddy, he's got a nine-inch live scope on the front of his little John boat, and he was having he was having somebody chase his rig, chase a jerk bait, but they would not commit. They'd come up, they just nose on it, and then swim away. Now this water is very clear, like seven foot clarity, mm-hmm. clear for down here. Okay, but uh, you know, I was doing the same thing. We were throwing big swim baits. We were trying to do everything. We saw them reacting, and it wasn't doing it. And uh, I threw on a little Okashira head with a three-inch spark shad and started getting it done. So, <laughs> finesse. It's going to be slow. If I if I were to get out this weekend, it'd be a Ned Rig or a small swim bait. That's what I would be throwing. They're not reacting to jigs here. They're... They're following schools, but they're not going after the big profile. Interesting. So that was interesting. Like for the live scope, you could see like, okay, we're around the fish. They're kind of reacting. Did you did you try some color switches before you moved to the swim bait, or how'd that decision tree go? Man, we tried. He has he had a rig with uh, he's got a harvester. He had a harvester tied on. He had three. Three white or three shad in the center and four bass or four or five bass on the outside. I was throwing the real, real color spark shad. And that was getting it done for me the week prior. Nice. But they were not going after it at all. And uh, found a school of crappie and I threw on that little white spark shad and found them in the school crappie so i just stuck with that white one i didn't i could not find my pack of spark sheds anywhere i found them later they were buried under a gun case but i kept that that same white one on the entire time and i mean it got ripped up but it stayed on that that little okashira head so didn't mess around with colors didn't do anything like that um i've just i've never really kind of been the kind to change the color over and over and over. Like I'm going to fish a bait for an hour or so and try and figure out a pattern that way. I'm going to try and contrast who I'm fishing with. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm always trying to do 
is if he's fishing that, I'm going to fish this. If I know he's going to be changing a lot, I'm going to stick with mine and see what happens and then go from there. The screw head. It's not the little little prop head blade? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure when you said mega bass, I'm sure Punch Fishing's ears like perked up and like his hair on his neck. He's like a mega bass like freak. So I'm a sucker for mega bass. I'm just a sucker for good looking baits, you know. And but that was that's the same one that I had tied on the entire time. It's a little tore up, but it held on pretty well. So you're throwing that on a spinner pole or? Yep. Little seven foot medium, medium spin gear. And, braid, are you like you a trade floral, braid to floral guy? What is your? Yeah, braid to floral. And, uh, you know, I think that it might be <laughs> for, you know, lack of supplies, it might be 50 pound braid. I know for sure it was a 16 pound leader. <laughs> I had to pull it off of a, I had to pull it off one of my reels. So I am. I'm so unconventional, man. Always have been. That's just that's how I fish, and it gets it done. So, yeah, that's cool. Nice. I don't. I didn't show this off earlier, but like flexing a little bit of Bateman merch, mm-hmm. the little Jane Juice. So I I need to get one of those. I couldn't resist. I had to get like like I said, like I was telling you the other night. Like I'm all about supporting the uh, the like minded creators on on YouTube. So I had to get me a Bateman hoodie, which. Mm-hmm nice jane juice crank on it so i got something to send to him and i got something that i need to send to you as well but because the weather's been so bad so i don't know maybe if i put you on blast then you'll send me that address <laughs> the ultimatum i'm gonna do it just so everyone can know and everyone can tell rich to get on this i'm trying to send him this uh bullshed an og bullshed right here a little bone yep I was slightly aroused looking at that. I'm not gonna lie. That's uh, that's waiting for you, bub. Coming off. Right. Well, I'm gonna have to. We're gonna if we're gonna do that, then I'm gonna have to send you some some trade. I'll probably uh, send you a, an equivalent amount of Bass Tech tungsten flipping jigs. How's that? Oh, okay. Deal. You got yourself a deal. And some in my favorite color, Oki Craw. That'll probably work down there. That black, blue, oh, yeah. green pumpkin. Yep. Dude, that is uh you know, I talk about John. I call him Oki. And I gotta I gotta plug him because he has been my day one dude, fishing the ponds, beating the banks, and he's the guy that, you know, takes me out on his boat more than anybody. But Oki Outdoor Adventures, I got a shout out to him and to his channel. And uh that's his favorite color, Okeechobee Craw, his go-to. That or black and blue. It doesn't matter, but, I mean, Okeechobee, it doesn't matter the time of the year, anything like that. He used to hate June bug, and, I mean, there's been so many times I've told him, like, hey, tie this on and throw it out there. But probably the best, the two best situations that happened was we were fishing Oak Mogi, and I was throwing a June bug, Rage bug. <laughs> and that is my favorite bait of all time as a rage bug and uh i told him to tie it on and he did and he sent it <laughs> game you got it game he tied that on and caught a five and a half pounder on his like second cast with that nice. 
And then last time was when I was doing that uh, Jabberjaw review. I told him we were going back to a little more shallow into some grass. And I said, tie on that freaking Jabberjaw. And he's a, he's kind of a smart, smarty sometimes. So he said, uh, <laughs> what did he say? He goes, yeah, because that's getting bit. And I was like, okay, all right. You know, so I tied my on, mine on and catch him. And he picks his up and catches another five-and-a-half-pounder. Nice. So he's hard-headed, but, yeah, that's my story because he talked about El Pachoba Crawl. Nice. Fishing's all about stories. You know, you're talking about, you know, repping old bait, man. I got I to gotta rep Scum Frog here. And the only reason I'm repping Scum Frog, yeah, I need to get I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to Kevin about that. Scum frog is what caught me my PB, buddy. Nice. Caught my, my biggest fish, my biggest bass on a scum frog on launch series in that toad color. Nice. Which is kind of interesting because, right, like, it wasn't like you, I mean, you have some vegetation, but most of what you're fishing with frog is not heavy vegetation, right? No. We a little do. bit of brush, a little bit of stick-ups, kind of open the water. We got some that are, I mean, chock full of grass. Okay. Grass. What was the big one you caught out of grass? Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe I was thinking right about outside this. of a grass island. Like, okay. I mean, a little bit of open water. And, <laughs> again, that was a that was a rough day for old Oki. He, uh, I caught his PB that day, too. <laughs> nice. he, he had made a cast in the exact same spot. And then I followed up on another cast, and she came out for mine. And, yeah, PB on topwater, 9-11. Dropping the hammer. Nice. What time you was that? He missed one back in the grass, and he missed the hook set. And I said, get back in there because you didn't sting her. I know you didn't. And he got, got moving too fast and backlashed. And I was like, I can't let that fish go. It's and hot. Somebody's got to get in there. Yeah. Pulled out a six-pounder. Nice. So, yeah. What time What time of year was that? Mm, July? June or July? Dead heat. I mean, like, hot. Just yeah. early morning. Early morning. Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and find it here just so people don't think I'm lying talking about nine-pound fish on a frog. Well, this is on video on your channel, is it not? Yes. Yeah, it is. I got it on the playlist for Big Bass. Um, June. It was in June. Now, this picture is the good old GoPro angle. If you know YouTube and you know Instagram, you got to use the GoPro angle to make that fish look even bigger. But that was her. The beauty. Great-looking fish. Yeah. Put her right back, send her right back home. Have you thought about doing some ice fishing for your channel in Oklahoma? Like, that would be a good bit. I might have to this weekend. <laughs> you know? No, it's it's not. I mean, everything is frozen up, yay. It's it's bad. Lots of snow, lots of ice. That's the, that's the worst thing about down here is, you know, it will get cold enough to snow, but then it'll heat up to, you know, 30-plus. 40 degrees, everything melts off and then gets back down to the negatives in the nighttime. So then it just turns to ice. So it makes it tough to go anywhere. 
but a lot of the lakes are frozen over. <clears throat> nice. Cool. Oh, man. I don't know. So if you guys got, we'll probably uh, go, I don't know, another 10, 15 minutes here. So if you guys got any questions, light it up in the chat. We'll cover those. Otherwise, we'll kind of miscellaneous. Uh, we won't go super long tonight. And I think uh, we've had it in the plans. Probably have a dedicated show. We'll have Alex back on. We'll have a topic. We'll have, like, some things to cover, uh, a little less less random. Yeah. Uh, Sean says Lake Michigan is frozen, like, a full mile from shore right now. No. I can't do that. Man, I was I was stationed in Alaska, and – you know, like I grew up in Kansas and I see like buddies that I grew up with in Wichita and they were talking about, you know, like, oh, I always want to know what it, what it was like to live in Alaska. I'm like, I mean, Alaska, where I was at in Anchorage, that's where I was stationed. It did not get that cold. It did not get as cold as it is right now. So this is, you know, Minnesota, New York, you know, like where Bailey's at, that's a whole different kind of cold. Yeah. Um, so, Mr. Bass says, who throws a booger board? I don't know. I've got – you said you like baby bass. Like, i got a bunch of these OG baby Ooh. bass booger warts. Yep. This is, like, a whole box of just – and then I have, like, a whole other, like, section of them in my garage. I just have, like – so, I mean, I've got OG booger warts for days. Um, throw them a little bit here, depending on the time mm-hmm. of year. Uh, there's a couple questions rolling in now. Uh, Gabe says he's going ice fishing for the first time on Friday. Good luck. Uh, Good luck. Be safe. <laughs> Even for Texas, yeah, it might take him a week to get there. Hopefully, he gets to go. Um, Forward facing sodar or 360. And so, if you didn't catch this earlier. We actually asked Brian knew that very question, and he said 360. Um, I think it really depends on your fishing style, where you fish the most, and a few other factors. I think you, I don't know, probably get a 50-50 split depending on who you ask. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? He, you know, he made a really good point when he was talking about not being able to control the transducer, you know, or like, I mean – being able to control it, but not being able to control it. You know, my buddy is, you know, getting a, he's upgrading his trolling motor and he wants, you know, some kind of spot lock, but he wants live scope too. And I'm like, you got to remember, dude, unless you're going to put this thing on a separate bracket by itself that you want to control by itself, that spot lock, that, (laughs) that scope isn't going to do you any good, you know, and his boat can't handle talons at the same time so yeah i mean i've never messed with 360 never seen it in person so i don't know i mean for me if i had to pick i would probably go 360 just because i have been sucked into the video game fishing and you know see a lot of guys talking about it and it's mainly, I think it's mainly people that don't have or haven't had experience with live scope. And they're just like, you know, where you're staring at a screen and you're not enjoying the entire fishing experience. It's true. But that does make it a lot more fun to actually see the fish's engagement and being able to catch them that way. 
You know, yeah. just because you can see them doesn't mean you're going to catch them. You still have to make them bite. It's not the cheat code. Yeah, I think uh, I, I run Hummingbird, and I think I'm probably going to put a 360 on the front of my boat this year to start yeah. there. Obviously, end game money's not an object. You definitely get both, but <laughs> that's not for everybody. Uh, Kyle says, favorite out-of-state lake and biggest bass caught there? I would say, boy, the lakes I've fished. Uh, I mean, I've been to some cool places. I've fished Fork. I've fished Falcon. I've fished Gunnersville. I've fished Pickwick. They're all up there. I mean, the biggest one I've fished, Amistad. I guess my biggest bass ever came on Amistad. It was an 8.3 on a bed. Um, so I guess maybe that. But otherwise, I've caught a handful of six, seven pounders at Falcon and some five, six pounders at Gunnersville. Um, See, for me, I haven't fished out of Oklahoma for bass. Yeah, I mean, growing up in Kansas, but out of state, that's what this year is for me. You know, I just didn't have the means last mm-hmm. year to go anywhere. Um, you know, I before I was working at Amazon, I had a business and failed, you know, right around COVID time. So I have not had the means to travel anywhere. Um, but this is a year that I, that I will be. I think next month I'm going down to – I'm going to Texas, and I can't remember. I can't remember what lake we're going to. Nice, that'll be sweet. My memory's horrible, but yeah, this this is the year that I will travel more. Yeah, Sean, there are definitely third party companies that are already coming out with lots of cool forward facing sonar attachments. They're not cheap. A lot of people are making their own, but I would expect that the actual you know Hummingbird, Lawrence. Garmin will come up with some stuff. Who knows what they're going to cost? But there's there's definitely more options coming out all the time for that. Random question for Alex: What's the what, what's the history <laughs> on the beard? You know, a lot of people don't know the actual history of the beard. Um, he lost his razor, <laughs> and when he lost his job, man, he couldn't afford one. And I can't remember how many, how many years ago it was, but uh, back when I was running a I was managing a store in Tulsa and had a buddy of mine come in and uh, he had always had this awesome beard and he came in from out of town, him and his family were visiting and it was gone. And I was like, dude, Aaron, where's, where's the beard at? Like what happened? And he said, you know, well, Tanya wouldn't cut my hair until I, you know, shaved the beard off his wife. And jokingly, I said, I'll grow mine out for you. You know, like ever since I got out of the army, I had facial hair, not, not a full, like, I mean, I had a full beard, but not long or anything like that. And, uh, two weeks later he passed away. He was training for um, a, uh, triathlon and was riding a road bike and a girl smoked him on his bike. And, uh, so ever since then I've had it and, you know, kept it for that. Easy dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome, and I, that military thing is like I know my uncle was in the Navy, and he's he's never had like a big beard, but he's ever since he got out, he's always had facial hair. And if you ask him, he's like, "Because I can, <laughs> yep. right?" Like, yeah, there's like a, a lot. I mean, like it's it's one or the other for a lot of guys. You know, it's either they're going to keep the clean cut and the short hair, or they're going to grow that beard out if they can. You know, or just let their their hair go wild. Um, 
I don't think there's a real in between with the majority of the guys. So it's either what I got used to when I was in the army or military, right? Or I'm doing the opposite because I can. Right? Yeah. Like that's exactly uh, what it is. Walt says you should you gotta get over to the Ozarks. You're right yep. there, he says. Actually, I met a dude at the show um, that uh, is from Missouri, and he is going to be doing a whole kind of documentary about fishing big baits and stuff like that. So I was able to talk with him, and I'm going to be up there probably come April, April or May. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I bet you uh, Ozark's got to be like halfway between you and Gabe. Yeah. So Daniel said, what is my Minnesota PB? This guy right there. So it's not long, but that was seven and a quarter out of Minnesota. I mean, they're just built differently here. Just like a different kind of fish. But and I got that on video too. So like you can check that out, Daniel. But it's pretty sweet. Yeah. I've actually caught a handful of six-plus-pounders in Minnesota. That's the biggest of all of them. But I think all but one of them have come on a jig and have come after October 1st. <clears throat> yeah. This is the time to, to catch the big ones. Kyle says he didn't shave for four months when he got out of the military. <laughs> Mr. Bass says he'll meet you in Missouri. Yeah. Uh, Kyle says Dardanelle. So lots of good options. So Yeah. Now that you got all that giant YouTube money, you got to get out and travel, right? Oh, like, yeah. It's huge. I mean, like, just Yeah. I mean, why do you think I'm finishing up a, a 92 Hydra Sports? You know? Are you going to do a boat build video on that? No. No? That's I, not part of the... I thought about it, but it's so... I mean, it's me and my father-in-law, and I just kind of want to keep it with him and I. You know? Sure. He, Maybe uh, like finished product, you'll like reveal yeah. it, but not a process. Okay. Yeah, yeah, finished product for sure. But because it's him and I doing it, I'm just kind of keeping it pure in that. Bob says, "What are the pros and cons of being a YouTuber?" He likes for some reason he thinks your videos are good. I'm not sure oh. why. But Bob, you got to expand your horizons, man. But I do appreciate that very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, pros and cons. I for me. I do it because I love content creation. Like, I mean, I, I always wanted to be a wildlife photographer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I got into, I, I dove headfirst into photography and learning photography. And by doing that, I hopped on YouTube. And by doing that, you know, I found, you know, some guys that did vlogs that I really liked the way they did it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, made me realize once I started doing more video that I like to do video and creating video content more so than just taking pictures. You know, I mean, I take pictures, you know, for side money, but it's not my passion. So by doing the whole YouTube and fishing, I'm able to combine the two. The cons I would say is if you put unnecessary pressure on yourself, that can be that can be a con, and you feel like I have to go out and create this kind of content. I have to do this kind of video. 
you know, to get the views, to get the subscribers and you can burn yourself out. And I had to take a break last year because that's all I felt like I was doing is I wasn't going out and fishing for the fun of it anymore. I was fishing for the content and I've talked with plenty of guys that do this that have taken a break from YouTube because they don't want to lose that passion. So for me, I had to take a break and I had to figure out what I wanted to do and where I wanted my channel to go to make sure that I didn't lose my sight of why I started. Sure. Yeah. I think that all makes a ton of sense. I know Bob didn't ask me my perspective, but I'm going to give it anyways, Bob. <laughs> uh, I think the pros there's a lot of pros. I mean, the cons are like, it's, it's a, it's a time sink. Like it's, you don't just dip your toe into like making a few videos. Otherwise it doesn't really matter. Um, you have to enjoy the process and the grind and the climb. Like that's all part of it. Um, there's some things I really like about it. I mean, part of like, and I've shared this like under there, under Alex there suck less. Like really the mission of this channel is, to help all of you and myself catch more bass and suck less, right? Like I truly enjoy sharing my knowledge, getting guests on like you, getting guests on like Brian New and other people and learning about fishing. And just if you can pick up a little tip every now and then uh, and, and anybody in this audience catches a fish or gets a PB or has some success based on something they consumed on my channel, that's a win. Um, and I really want to, I, I talked about this last week. Like if you guys have stuff, like if you, if, if you learn about a bait, if you learn about a technique and you send me a picture, tag me on Instagram, send me an email, message me on Facebook. I want to start like spotlighting people that have success based on this community. Um, so that's really what stems it. And that, 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 yeah, that motivates me. Um, some of the other things, like when you're out making content, it kind of is a motivating factor. There, there's kind of a fine line between that unnecessary pressure and a good amount of pressure that makes it exciting. And that, I mean, I'm a tournament angler at my core, so I kind of thrive on that pressure. So uh, it's good. It's like sometimes even when I'm out fun fishing, it feels like a tournament. It's like, man, I got to get a bite. I got to get a couple of fish catches. I got to open up a pattern. So I got something to talk about. So something to teach, right? Like that's, that's all part of it. And uh, I mean, I, I enjoy it. And it's, it's like, this has really been like fulfilling and honestly having this to do in these live streams and these conversations in the winter time has made like the winter go by so much faster and so much less of a drag for me. You know, you made a good point, and that's that's something that I try and tell people that I'm not good at by any means. And, you know, when you're trying to get a bite and you're trying to develop a pattern so you have something to talk about, you know, that is something that I struggle with personally because not mainly because of my name, but because I have not been fishing that long. You know, mm -hmm. I grew up doing it, but I didn't know any of the stuff that I know now. And... I struggle internally with trying to tell people or give tips or anything like that because I sit there and think about who am I? Like, who am I to give any kind of tips or anything like that? But then I have to check myself in that same sentence and say, you could be doing something that nobody else has thought of or that someone hasn't thought of and that could, you know, get them to a new level of success to fish something a different way, to try mm -hmm. something different. And, uh, I mean, I, I definitely, I struggle with that all the time when I'm out fishing. But honestly, I could argue 
that having less experience and sharing your journey is a benefit, sometimes more than it's a, a hindrance if you have the mental, like your mind right. Because there are more people that are at a level of needing just the basics to like, I mean, not saying you're basic, but I'm just saying like the closer yeah. you are to the ground level of fishing, actually the larger your audience is. Um, I probably need to like dial it back. Like I really tend to get into the weeds of like, why are we throwing an offset versus EWG? And when should we like Snell versus like the ring, like, like really like nitty gritty, like in the details. That's like the, like way down the rabbit trail, like, fine tuning stuff like that's where I really get interested. And like, honestly, that really makes the audience like a little niche down sometimes like your average person just getting into fishing somebody that just got into fishing because of YouTube or because they caught an MLF episode on TV or, or whatever. And they're like, this is cool. I want to learn more. Like there's a big road to get to like where that stuff even matters to them. So I think yeah. you could spin it either way. Like uh, you being young in your career, probably, I mean, like just think of like the Googans, right? Like, they grew their audiences on very basic fundamentals of fishing. Yep. Um, so, I mean, I, I think like anything, I mean, like, I'm just thinking like whatever you think can be like a roadblock can actually be a strength. It's just about depending on how you like, don't let those things get in your way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's always an angle that can benefit somebody no matter what your situation or your path is. Um, so if you've got a YouTube channel, share your internal monologue. That's, that's probably like my number one tip that I give to people is yeah. you're sitting there and you're thinking, what can I do? And you formulate, you know, that thought of what you're going to tie on and how you're going to work it. Just keep it internal, but you got to voice that, you and tell that, that story, help, you know, create better content. Right. I mean, like, actually, Casey, who's one of the, the people that runs the Bass Brawl channel, and they do some amazing, like, hummingbird and, like, deep fishing electronic stuff offshore, like, super technical stuff, <clears throat> which are pretty popular videos, and there's ton there's a good amount of people. But, like, you don't mega, you don't have mega 360 on the front of your boat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, like, there's a very, I mean, like, he does great content. And there's definitely an audience for it. But there's only so many people that have that electronics or can afford that. Like there's like on the tip of the tip of the spear. Um, So, but you can sit there and take those things that those guys are talking about, you know, with, you know, deep fish or anything like that. And even though you don't have the electronics, you can take so many of those things that are fundamentals and you can put them into practice. And I think, you know, that's where I, I look at fishing so analytically. So, you know, like with going out with a live scope and having these electronics and having these things, I know that I'm not going to have them all the time, but I want to sit there and I want to break everything down while I'm there or watching a video about that and sit there and think about, okay, when I'm out there and I'm on a body of water that I've been on when my buddy had live scope and I know roundabout, you know, what the terrain is looking like under the water. And I can take that other stuff that has been talked about, even though I don't have those electronics, I can put them into play. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, if you were chasing views, you'd probably be better off going back through like the Fluke Master archives and redoing and rebooting all of his videos on like 
this is how you rig a fluke. This is how you rig a Texas rig. This is how you tie basic knots, right? Like those would probably be, if you were really just in it for the views, like going after the entry level audience uh, would probably be, but like, honestly, if you're not making the content you're passionate about, that that's, that's what's really important to be honest. So, Cool. All right. Well, we're just over two hours. Um, thanks for filling in, Alex. Yeah, Pleasure to hang out. Um, as always, just like we talked about this early, you know, thanks to Arsenal Fishing for supporting the show. So if you guys want to check out some of their cool stuff, the code has been scrolling down there for two hours. Uh, check out some of their swag. It, it, I can teach you how to make custom visors like this if you want. Otherwise, they got some hats with tops on them if you're really into that kind of thing um but uh and omnia fishing use that code um you know that's a great way to support the channel but otherwise you know you don't have to you can just keep showing up keep watching keep hitting that thumbs up leave comments on what you like what you didn't like um it's all appreciated just be part of the community that's like that's all i really ask um and uh, if you miss some of the early show there the replays are on facebook they're on youtube you can search hellbass in the podcast there's tons of ways to, to catch that stuff and, you know, learn that knowledge, whether you're working out, sitting in the front of the TV, walking the dog, make it as easy as possible. So, um, I don't know anything else to add before we head out tonight. I got another man. So thank you again. Yeah. Awesome. It. We'll definitely do a full show in the future here and, uh, we'll reconnect and, and have a better agenda, but, uh, yeah, thanks everyone. We're going to head out. Uh, and, and as always, we're hell to help. Yeah. We're here to help you guys catch more bass and suck less. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hellabass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less.